0: Won't you stay, 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 stay? Oh. Won't you
1: stay, 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 stay? Oh.
2: Hey, this is Steve Walton. You are here on my turning point for a really special conversation. This is the first interview Victoria Justice has done, talking about her new music, coming back to music after a seven-year absence, and I had a great time talking with her. Always love Victoria, known her for years. Wonderful person, great new songs and Treat Myself and Stay. And it's a really fun conversation, talking about everything from Coldplay to romantic movies to her dreams of writing with Sarah Bareilles and Ryan Tedder. Hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. God, last time I saw you was, you know, it's so funny. The last time I saw you was Coldplay at the Palladium. And, and actually today, I just went today to see my friend who I had gone to the show with to drop off two years of birthday presents because, you know, in COVID, it w- oh we're now on God. her second birthday. Yeah.
0: Oh my God, that's crazy. Can we talk about like how amazing that show was? Honestly, that was one of my favorite like concert going experiences just because I'm such a huge Coldplay fan and to see them in such an intimate setting was just like one of the greatest things ever.
2: No, they're always so good live. And oh my God, though, it's so funny not to sound like that jaded asshole. That was the third time yeah. I saw them that week. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> they did a week of promo shows and Tatiana, the, the friend I went to see today, that was like her favorite band and she had never seen them. So we saw them at Sirius in the garage for like a hundred people. No, uh, wait,
0: stop. I'm so jealous.
2: Don't be like in a, in a setting that small the Palladium was much better because in a setting that small, it's uncomfortable. Like, you know,
0: yeah. And but they if were just, if maybe if you're in a setting that small with Chris Martin, like some of his incredible talent and energy will like, <laughs> somehow like leap onto you, like some in some way. I'm, I love him so much. He, to me is like such an incredible front man. Like I'm just always so blown away by how I like how like his command of the stage is just like, so incredible.
2: So personable too. Such a good dude. I I love that dude too. It's so funny because I remember I've only met him once briefly, but I remember this was awesome. And I I always appreciate his humility. I was at, uh, we were both at an iHeart show that Coldplay was playing Uh and I have friends at iHeart. So, you know, I had all access and I'm in the hallway watching Jay-Z, right? Because it's Jay-Z and of course I'm going to watch Jay-Z. And there's one other dude who's in the hallway with me and like everybody's backstage, but we're both in the hallway, like just rocking out, like nodding our heads to this amazing set. And I look over and the guy's smiling at me because we're the only two people there and he takes off his hat and it was Chris. No way. And I was like, I love the fact that you're a real music fan, you know?
0: That's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be, you can, you can tell he is. I mean, he's just like, Got it in his bones. He's incredible.
2: See, that's, this is such a good segue, though, because it ties in nicely with, you know, in the interim of the seven years between music, you know, talk about the things you've seen and the, and the shows you've seen and, the, you know, all this stuff that, that sort of interweaves that into your music that you're doing now.
0: Over the past seven years?
2: Yeah. Or the past, sure. you know, or the, the couple years, you know, we don't need to like, we don't need to bite <laughs> off the whole seven year, you know, Mark, but you know, what's interesting about it before we come on to the specific acts, right? I talk about this with artists all the time. When you have time away from something. Yeah. It reinvigorates your love for it. And it's like, if I'm talking with incubus yeah. who are friends and they take five years off music or the red hot chili peppers, five years off music, anything you do during that time, it comes back into your music and it makes you appreciate it more. So do you find that with the stuff you're doing now with treat yourself and stay? And by the way, I love the fact that they're two very different songs. That's one of the things I appreciate is the fact they're very different, but do you find that kept making music now you do have a different appreciation for it and you're enjoying it more?
0: Um, yeah, I I, I do. I, I do think so. I think, gosh, I mean, seven years is a, is a long time to be away from something and I feel like coming back into it now I just really wanted to I was just in the headspace of yeah I was really hungry I was hungry to get back in the studio I was um in sort of a different headspace as a songwriter I was ready to just be more vulnerable and honest and about things that I was feeling and um yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, guess I was in a bit of a in, a, in a, bit of a different space, and I was so excited to. I mean, seven years is a long time to be away from something, and I felt like I just had finally reached the point where, because for a while I'd been in the, back in the studio and making music, and I was always kind of like sitting on stuff and waiting for like, okay, like maybe the right deal to come along or that deal to, 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 follow through, and and for that right moment to happen, and like the right song, like, what, when will the right you know, when will it be the right one for me to put out? Like, it has to be perfect. It has to be this and that. And I just got to the point where I was like, no, like, stop, Victoria. Like, you have all these songs that you've written. They're really good. Like, stop doubting yourself. Like, your people that you trust and love, like, really like them. People are going to like them. Like, just, like, put it out there. And I feel like, yeah, that's kind of sort of the place that I got to. And, And, you know, once the pandemic happened and everything, I was just like, I have this song treat myself that I really love. It's like very vulnerable and real and personal to me. And I was just sort of like, now is the perfect time for me to put this out into the world. Because I feel like a lot of other people are in this space where we're just all, we're like alone with ourselves, alone with our thoughts. And I felt like people would be able to relate to that. And so I was just at a point where I was like, I'm not going to wait anymore. Like, I'm just going to go for it and do this.
2: And how much did the response to the song, like, You know, then uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Because I don't want to use invigorating. But then, when you get the response to the song and it's positive and it's doing well and people are into it, how much does that then give you a confidence boost to be able to do stay and go forward and be like, all right?
0: Yeah, it really did. It it was awesome. It gave me a gave me a really good confidence boost because, like, going into like I, I hadn't put anything out in seven years. I had no idea, like if people would even really be that interested or how many people would even care (laughs) or how well it would be received or not. I had like, I was sort of like dipping my toe back into the water again. And like, you know, that's always like the scariest part is like entering the water again for the first time. Um, But, you know, right away I started to see a positive response and I'm so grateful for you know all my fans and, and everyone like online that has been like supporting me and like going hard for me and, and helping me out and um, just seeing that people have connected with this song and that they love it has been really special you know I, it's cool because I feel like it's was like more than just it was like a personal song to me and it was a, it was like a self love song and so to to have that resonate with people and to have people message me and say things like this song, like I listen to this when I wake up in the morning and it helps me get through the day. Like this song helps me in like these hard moments. Like that's like a really beautiful thing. And obviously not every song is going to be like this deep, like pouring your heart out thing, but, um, to have people connect with it on a personal level and having their response be so positive has been, has really made me feel really good. And it's been, it's been really validating and very exciting. And, you know, this has been, I'm not with a label right now. So this has been like at a very grassroots level. I was sort of just like, I'm just, you know, I wrote this song. I love it. I'm going to do this all myself. I'm going to put it out there. Um, I didn't, you know, there wasn't a ton of like marketing money behind it at all. There wasn't, there was just me and like my (laughs) social media and like about it and my fans. And so um, they're really the ones that have, yeah, I have them to thank for all of it so it's it's exciting and you know i don't have like 100 million streams on it but that was never the goal and that's not the point i don't even care about that like i have two million over two million streams on spotify right now and who knows whatever how much else on the other platforms and like that's enough for me like i'm so excited that even that many people (laughs) have listened to it. (laughs) all
2: right well obvious question and we're going to come back in a second yeah i tend to jump around but one obvious question what's the song that you listen to in the morning to get through the day or what's the song, these the songs in the last few years that you have turned to? Those songs that just always put a smile on your face.
0: Um, I feel like uh, You Gotta Be by Desiree is always a go-to for me. Just because, you know, the lyrics are so empowering, you know. Um, they always remind me of like... I got this. I got to be bold. I got to be strong, you know, do all the things she says, you know? Um, and then, Oh gosh, that's a great question. Um, there's a song by Kim Petras that I love. It's called, I don't want it. Uh, I don't want it at all. I think it's called, um, and it's just super fun and poppy and every time it comes on, it just, gives me those like vibes and I feel like I'm like ready to take on the world. And I'm like the, I feel like the fiercest female ever. Um, and also a song by Katie Pruitt, it's called expectations. I actually like one morning I woke up and I, I just, uh, got the Google home thing for Christmas. And so I would say to my Google home, like, Hey Google, like play morning music. And then one morning it played, um, the song by Katie Pruitt called, uh, uh, out of the Blue was the song that it played. And I was like, who is this girl? Like, she has a really amazing voice. And these lyrics, she's telling such a great story here. I was like, I need to, like, I need to check this out. So, like, I went on Spotify and I and I went to her page and, like, listened to some of her other music and, and checked out her song, Expectations. And I discovered this new artist that way. And she's so, she's so incredible. I don't know if you've ever heard her, but she's amazing. No. And expectations, I feel like, speak so much to me. Like, there's there's a line where she, where she say like, um, Oh, I can't think of it right now. It'll come to me later, but she's just incredible. Nice.
2: You know, it's interesting going back then to treat yourself too. Okay. I'm actually Googling her right now. Cause I love finding new artists like this always. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite things. She's so amazing. Expectations. amazing. All right. Who was the last other new artist you heard that just blew you away? Like, you know,
0: um, New artist I've heard that blew me away. Or the
2: last new artist you, sh- you saw because we started talking about, you know, yeah, pre-COVID, yeah. obviously. Well,
0: recently when I was in South Africa, someone mentioned um, this guy, Alec Benjamin, to me. And do you know Alec Benjamin? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of, like, went in on him and, won, you know, like, just listened to, like, everything. And I was, like, super into it. Because, like, for me, what really resonates is when I feel like an artist is really telling like a story. Like I love good storytellers. That's, that's my favorite thing about songwriting is like, I love when you can tell a good story and his lyrics feel really, um, honest. And I kind of relate to a lot of the things that he's singing about. And, um, and I just, yeah, I admire the songwriting a lot. So I, I'm impressed by him Yeah, I like him a lot. Well, it's
2: interesting when you go back to, I talk about this with writers all the time. Like, in 8,000 interviews a day. Like, good writing is subconscious. Good writing comes out of a place. Like, it's it's funny. I mean, you know, I I will talk with artists about the stories behind the song so much and it's like, it's interesting because it's amazing how often writers will say that it's almost like channeling. Like, and then it comes from somewhere and then when you're in the midst of it, you don't really know where it came from and then you go back and you revisit and you're like, Oh, I didn't even know that I was thinking that. So on the songs you've written thus far, like, for example, on Treat Yourself, where you talk about, you know, treating yourself better or like, I, you know, I wouldn't say that to someone else. Why would I say that to myself? Was it something that you were even conscious of before you started writing about it or like?
0: No, no I wasn't. I, I was writing this with Taylor and we were at the piano together. And we just, these lyrics just started like coming out of both of us. And I remember specifically when that line, we had the line before, like I wouldn't say the things I do to anybody else. And I am automatically was like, so then why is it okay to say to myself? Like it just, it just like all like poured out. That was very much like a very confessional sort of thing where I didn't even really have to like think about it too much. I remember that day being in the studio, we were sort of banging our heads against like, okay, what direction were we going to go? What are we going to do? Blah, blah. blah. And it kind of like, it was one of those days where I was like taking a second and I was just like, kind of worrying like, oh God, you know, like I don't want this to be like a crappy session. And then <laughs> and then, like oh, I just like landed on on this song and, and had this concept. It all just sort of like, sort of like flowing out of me. Yeah. So it's
2: interesting after you wrote it and it started coming out and you realize what were, I mean, without getting too, far, were there a couple of things you realized like, well, oh, I can't like, where you realize, and again, this ties in with music where you just realized you were being too hard on yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what do you mean? Like after, after the- writing the song
2: and you, and you went back and you look at it and you write the song where you realize like, I wouldn't say that to someone else. Cause it, you know, also too, let's face it. Every artist is their own worst critic. Every artist is a perfectionist.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, every artist is like, no, that's not good enough. So, you know, moments when you went through and you revisited and you're just like, you know, tying it in with music where you're like, wow, you know, I do. Did it help you learn to be easier on yourself?
0: Yeah. I think, I think so. But I think also in a way, sometimes it's a good reminder for me because I'll catch myself feeling certain things or thinking certain ways. And then I'll be like, I'll think of my song and I'll be like, girl, you better practice what you're preaching. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of that too. All
2: right. And what about today? Were there things that you wrote in there that when you went back and you looked at them and it's like, you know, wow, once again, I didn't even know I was thinking that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that song just kind of came out of, out of nowhere. I remember I was writing it with the, this girl Tia who's a super talented songwriter and she was playing a few chords on the guitar and and then this melody just like came, came out of us and the song just came out of nowhere. I don't even know I don't even know where it came from. But um but I love it and I love the story. It's it's I feel like um I mean I'm I'm like a romantic at heart. I love romance. I love um like, passion and I, I just love how this song is just kind of captures that lusty sort of passionate um moment and also like leaning into the old school vibe was really fun for me because i love i love oldies and i love um i love that kind of music so it was, it was cool to do that
2: all right so we're three days from valentine's day what's what's the favorite love songs like you know since you, you say you love the oldies what are those ones that just get you every time
0: Oh, love songs I get me every time. Oh, I mean, oh gosh. I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think of like what love songs. I don't know. I feel like all like heartbreak, like what's coming to my mind right now is like probably because I recently watched the Bee Gees documentary, but, um, like how deep is your love? I love that song. That's like one of the greatest songs ever written and, um, how can you mend a broken heart not necessarily a love song but just those lyrics just like cut you to the core what other songs what other songs do I love I mean or what
2: about, what about the, the favorite romantic movies those ones that you know
0: oh favorite romantic movies I mean of course like When Harry Met Sally um, is a classic and so good um, Serendipity is one of my favorites of all time with uh, John Cusack and Kate. I Bassett. love that movie Oh, I love that movie too. It's That's
2: one of those movies so- I can watch again and again and again
0: Same. and again. Yeah, It's so good. Those are probably like my top two favorites, I would say. Yeah. Oh, oh, and there's one called Just Like Heaven with um, Mark Ruffalo and Reese Witherspoon. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so
2: good. So good. Love it. When you go back then and you look at a song like today... And you look at all of those, you know, whether it's the Bee Gees or the movies or whatever. Are there certain influences or things that you pop up in there that you're like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Or or since, it's, like you say, you really love the oldies. And then you go back to the Bee Gees who really you can't beat them for songwriting. I mean, you know,
0: they are they are ridiculous. Like, I honestly, like I've always loved yeah. their music and I grew up listening to their music. But after seeing this documentary, like I never realized how what incredible songwriters they were, and how involved they were behind the scenes in creating all of this. It really was just like super inspiring, and really like blew my mind. They're just so good, yeah.
2: Well, it's interesting too because I, I think that you know I think one of the things that people respond to is again, so entreat myself, right? You're mm-hmm. talking about you know your own shortcomings, and then instead there shows a vulnerability, you know, and sort of that passion and that openness. And for you as a songwriter you know, talk about being able to sort of let that out. And, you know, look, because in a way I talk about this with artists all the time too, right? Like we said, seven years is a long time. You're also, how old are you now?
0: I'm going to be 28 on the 19th of this month.
2: Oh, happy birthday. (laughs) Thanks. So, but okay. So from 21 to 28, you are an entirely different person. Do you feel like in a sense, as a songwriter, you're kind of just starting over and this is, you're in a way introducing yourself
0: yes i do kind of feel that way i feel like i'm in a in a phase where i'm just i've written i've written a bunch of songs that i love but i'm also like in a place where i like i can't wait to explore who i am as an artist more and i can't wait to become a better songwriter and i feel like i still have like so much to learn and so much room to grow and um i'm excited for all of that
2: all right so of the songs you haven't recorded are there one or two that you just feel like because i talk about this with artists all the time too being perfectionist right You're never entirely satisfied, but what does happen is you hit upon these moments where you feel like you get excited by it and you look at those as the building blocks for where you want to go. So of the new material, do you Mm. feel like you've hit those building blocks and even with a song like stay, which you say came so easy where you're like, okay, I really love this song, but I'm more excited for where this is going to take me next.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm, um, I, I'm very excited and I'm trying not to overthink all this, but also at, at the same time, it's like, I feel like, you know, cause I, I can be a bit of a perfectionist, but at the same time, it's like, I know when something is, is good. And when I, and I feel like it's good enough, you just feel it and you just know it. And I feel like when that happens, you, you can't overthink it. You just got to like, get it out there. And so that's what I'm trying to do right now. Um, but I do feel like I, I have a couple other songs too, that, um, I feel like are really moving in the right direction that I want to go. And they're sort of, um, they're, you know, I don't think people have like the stuff that I'm putting out is obviously more mature. I mean, it's been like seven years and whatnot. I'm, you know, a woman now. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I'm just excited. I'm excited about where this music is going to go. I can't wait to share more with people and I can't wait to keep writing. Yeah.
2: So have you been doing writing a lot in pandemic?
0: Um, I've been writing here and there. Uh, not as much as I would like to be, to be honest. Uh, it's just been hard because, um, you know, just to get in the same room with people, you know, everyone's freaked out about, about being in the same room with other people. So it's like, it's hard to be creative. I don't, I've done, I tried to do a few Zoom songwriting sessions and it's just, it's just not the same. Um, but I, I'm excited to start pushing myself and, and hopefully, start to get in, in some rooms with people and, and, and write more. Um, but I've been writing a little bit on my own and, you know, I'm constantly jotting notes down and and doing voice memos of melody ideas and things that I can build upon or even playing little, um, chords on piano that I, that I think I can make into something. So I've had a lot of time to do that in quarantine. Um, but just not a lot of time to like fully flesh the stuff out. So, I'm looking forward to doing that. And I've also been busy like making movies and stuff. I did a, I did a movie in New York right before the quarantine happened. So I got really lucky that I got to finish a movie and then I did another movie in the middle of, of this pandemic and quarantine in South Africa. So that was crazy, but um, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you know, that's interesting too, because when you, when you get to do all these different things, you know, it's also experience that you get to bring back then into the music. You know, and again, talking, going back to like, if I'm talking with, you know, like Brandon from Incubus, who's also a painter, right? Those two art forms infuse each other. If I'm talking with Asap Rocky about his design, you know, the design and music, like creativity ties together. So for you, as you've been writing more and more and you're writing more and more and you're acting, do you find the two then infusing each other? And like, when you get to go to South Africa, does that then inspire you musically? And do you now look at it more from a writing perspective?
0: Oh my gosh. So much, so much. I was, I was so inspired. I feel like it's so funny whenever I'm doing one thing, like I'm doing a movie that I feel like my brain is always like having all these ideas of things that I want to create. Um, so yeah, I definitely felt that a lot. I mean, there were days where I was driving back home from set and I would you know, be pulling at the hotel and, and seeing the willow tree swing and just thinking of this whole like romantic song I want to write underneath <laughs> the willow tree and like all this crazy stuff. And, um, Yeah, I feel like it definitely, it's, you know, life experience is what informs writing and and telling a great story. So the more of that that I can get, which is what's a little challenging about the pandemic is we can't really go many places or meet many (laughs) people, you know, but but I've been lucky to have a few of those experiences. So yeah, I'm looking forward to expanding upon those.
2: No, it's interesting to you for the stuff that you're doing. Okay. By the way, what were the two movies that you did during the pandemic or pre-pandemic and in the pandemic?
0: Uh, Pre-pandemic was a movie that was called Push, but they just changed the name to Trust, which is going to be out March 12th, and it's like a relationship drama um, about a married couple, I play the wife, uh, and Matt Daddario uh, uh, plays my husband, and it's about infidelity, and who's right and who's wrong, and temptation and all this stuff. It's very, it's very sexy and mysterious and interesting and takes place in the art world in New York. It was, it's super, it was super fun. And then, uh, the other one that I did in South Africa is called afterlife of the party. It's a Netflix, uh, film that I'm really excited about. And I play a girl who dies right before her 25th birthday. And she's, um, you know, before she dies, she's kind of like, not like the best. She has a lot to work <laughs> on. She's pretty selfish and kind of, you know, um, and, she kind of basically goes into purgatory and in order for her to move up, she needs to go back down to earth and write some wrongs with uh, people from her past. So Sorry.
2: I feel like, I feel like those premises could inspire a lot of writing.
0: Yeah. Def- oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I'm excited. That's a good idea. I need to like dive into that.
2: <laughs> All right. So now, now I, I can't not ask if, if you, you know, what would be if, if you, we're sent back into purgatory. What would be the one thing that you would want to change? given a second chance.
0: Oh man, we're getting deep here, Steve. <laughs> um,
2: I always go deep in the interview, but you know, you don't have to get too personal, but it's like, I mean, you know, if the movie is about that, I'm like, all right, you know, I think yeah. it's a fascinating question. What would you do with your set? You know,
0: with my second chance, what was one thing I would change? Oh gosh. I'd probably just like, I don't know. I think I would just tell myself to, like worry less like don't sweat the small things so much like enjoy the little things and which I think I do now to a certain extent but I think I would stress that even more to myself you know is that like you know you never don't don't take a second for granted you never know when this is all going to be over so um love the ones you love hard and uh try not to stress too much. Yeah. They'll make mountains
2: out of (laughs) molehills. It's so funny because, you know, it's one of these things. I'm sure this movie was written some time ago, but oh my God, it's like the perfect metaphor for the pandemic. Mm. Because I've talked with so many artists about the fact too. It's like, you know, and so many friends, it's like, okay, how have your perspective changed during this time? where you have this opportunity to examine your life and look at things differently. And it's like, as, as I joked about with, you know, people at the beginning, you know, most artists find themselves their lifestyles have totally changed. Like, you know, a lot of these artists have never been away from the road for more than a month or two. And it's like, like I was talking with Willie Nelson's son, Lucas, you know, and he was like, we spent every night at dinner for like four and a half months You know, like every night we would have dinner together as a family. He's like, it was awesome because you didn't have this time. And I would joke about it with people. It's like, well, you know, hopefully now people learn, you know, the things that are more important than, you know, getting into the right damn Coachella party. Not that I don't love Coachella, but you know, who gives a fuck what party you get into, you know, but it's, it's interesting. So I feel like the movie is, is quite the metaphor for that, you know, re-examining and, and
0: that's a great way of thinking about it. Yeah.
2: So what's been your biggest lesson then from the pandemic? And it's funny because, sorry, not to interrupt. I was just going to say, though, what's interesting is that, you know, as we talk about not sweating the small stuff, that ties in nicely back with, you know, releasing the music and Mm -hmm. feeling comfortable putting it out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Gosh, I mean, I think this has been super, it's been super weird, but I think it's just, I don't know, man. I mean, family is so important and just, Oh, I don't know. Taking taking the time to, to slow down is so important and to, like, read a book. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. Spend quality time, like, with my dogs and, like, with my sister has been awesome.
2: That's good stuff. What, what was the last book you read? Do you remember?
0: The last book that I read. My problem is that, like, I start, like, Fi- I love books so much and so I buy all the books and then I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to read this and then I start a little bit of that and then I stop and then I read some of that. Um, but the last full book that I read in its entirety uh, would have to be a book called The Pisces, I think, by Melissa Broder. Um, it's, and I'm a Pisces, so that's what like drew me to the book. <laughs> um, and I loved it. It's like this very sort of like, very funny, sort of erotic, kind of dark novel about a woman who's going through a depression and falls in love with a merman. And it was awesome. I loved it.
2: Nice. Yeah. That actually does sound fun. It was really I'm the same good. way. It's like, it, uh, like now I used to be an Englishman and now it's like, it takes so much for me to read a book all the way through.
0: Yeah. And there's just like so much to read there's so much out there i want to I want to read all the things, but there's only so many hours in a day it's tough, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's interesting because obviously look great literature is also a great way to inspire you know writing so are are there there are books that you sort of look to or that you think to or or those ones that you can go back to again and again or like that are just the favorites that you think of, even when you're doing your own writing
0: Oh that's so tough um, I mean Oprah has this book called um the wisdom of Sundays. And it's just a collection of, um, you know, she does this thing called super soul Sundays where she talks to all these incredible smart people, spiritual leaders, all, all these different interesting people, actors. And, um, I, I love that book. It's always a great reference for me whenever I'm, I, I want to feel inspired or I want to go deep or I want to open my mind in some way. I always feel like I take something away from that book. So that one inspires me a lot. Yeah.
2: I won't keep you much longer, but I do have to ask besides Coldplay, what were your other favorite shows that you saw in the last few years? Those ones that, you know, because again, when you think about being inspired, and by the way, because there will come a point, God knows when the fuck it is, but there will come a point when you get to play this material live. So by the way, when you get to play live, what's the dream venue to play? What's the place that you are like excited to, you know, like your first show that you'd want to play with these new songs?
0: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, I don't even know. I mean, I feel like when I first start playing again, it's probably, I like the idea of sort of doing things that are a little bit more intimate at first. Um, Gosh, I don't know. I mean, it would be amazing to play the Palladium. That would be sick. Uh, One day I would love to play um, the Red Rocks amphitheater would be so cool. Um, I don't know. The uh, the Greek theater would be awesome,
2: yeah. All great venues,
0: yeah. Yeah, um, but I mean, other other concerts that I've seen that I've loved. Oh god, I mean, I haven't even been to that many live shows. I went to uh, a charity event during the pandemic, and um, it was like a drive a drive the drive in thing, and so I was in that convertible with like some of my friends, and they had Andy Grammer perform, and it was such a good show. I loved it so much. It just like reiterated. It reminded me of like how much I love Andy Grammer and he's such a good performer and such a good songwriter and just like such a positive person and like presence. And he even like did like a spoken word poetry that he had written like during the show. And I was just like, ah, I just love you so much. So, uh, that was a great show. I really, that one really inspired me a lot. I loved him.
2: Is there like a, besides Coldplay, is there like an all time best show?
0: An all-time best show. Oh. Well, let me rephrase this. Let,
2: let me... When you get to play live, right? When that happens, is there one artist that you would love to tour with that for you, not only do you think you'd be a good match audience-wise, but that one artist that if you were standing on the side of the stage, you would never get bored watching them?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean... One of my all-time favorite artist ever is Sarah Bareilles. Uh, I love her so much. Um, I would definitely never get bored on the side of the stage watching her. That's for sure. It would be an honor to ever tour or do anything <laughs> alongside her. Um, I would love to write with her one day. That would be incredible. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, someone that I could, that probably would be more um, realistic or something would be, Gosh, I don't know. Maybe like a Julia Michaels. I love her so much. She's such an incredible songwriter. Um, or a Sasha Sloan. I love her as well. So there's so many people that that's such a hard question. Oh, Oh my gosh. Ryan Tedder. I love Ryan Tedder. He's such an amazing performer. One one of the best concerts I've ever been to was Sarah Bareilles and one Republic together at the Greek theater. And, um, it was such an amazing show and, and, and she was incredible and his energy on stage. I was just like, what is happening? Like, how was he even doing this? And then like, I've also been, I'm obsessed with Songland. I freaking love that show. Um, and he's just so talented as a producer and a songwriter. I, just, I love him so much.
2: I was just smiling. Cause he also has some of the best damn stories I've ever heard, man.
0: What he does. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. He, I, I mean, I've gotten to interview him several times and, and, he told me one of the best stories ever In the history of the world Really? Which is, yeah. Sure I mean it wasn't like a dirty thing or anything It was just so funny because it's like When he realized the type of guy He was telling me a story about writing with U2 mm. And so he was writing a song with U2 And they're, they're You know at, in Ireland And he and Bono are working on the song And U2's like a sister or Whoever comes over and knocks on the door And is like oh Bono You know there's a call for you and he's just like, I'm writing a song. Tell them I'll call back. And the person is like, you really should take this call. And Bono is like, we're writing a song. Who is it? And the, the assistant goes, it's the Pope. <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> and that's so, crazy.
2: like, it's crazy. And I love the fact that with Ryan Tedder, like, that's the type of company he keeps. And he's just like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I so. Badass. <laughs> yeah,
2: and so, needless to say, Bono's like, oh, "I gotta take this. I'll, I'll be back." <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, yeah, BRB. Let me, just, let me just quick chat with the
2: book <laughs> All right. So wait. So so, if if you know if you're in the middle of writing a song, who's the uh-huh. one person that you absolutely have to take a call from that you're just like, I don't care. You know who? You know who's that person for you that you're just like, dude, I don't care that I'm sitting here writing a song with Ryan Tatter. I'm gonna take this call and I'll be back
0: oh man like out of like anyone like if someone like someone that i admire were to call me that i'd be like i have to take that call that sort of thing anyone in the world oh god i mean oprah if oprah ever called me i would lose my mind i love her um or who else oh my god i don't know i mean sarah (laughs) Borellis.
2: All right. So what's timeline for, so stay comes out tomorrow. You have more songs that you are working on that you're excited about. What's timeline for, you know, as you're releasing these songs and you're getting more comfortable putting it out there, is there a timeline for releasing more music? And is there, as you say, you have a bunch of songs, you're doing it all indie now, which I'm sure is a lot of fun because it gives you a lot of freedom. Is there a uh, timeline for wanting to do an album or is that something that right now you're just focused on releasing music as you want to? Like,
0: Yeah, there's not really like a specific timeline I'm holding myself to right now. Right now, it's just sort of like I have these songs. I'm kind of enjoying doing like a single a month kind of thing. I mean, that's that's the cool thing about being independent right now is that like I'm not on anyone's... I'm on my own timeline, you know? I'm just going to do whatever I want to do it and whenever it feels right to me. So, um, But yeah, I'm, I'm sort of liking doing the way I'm doing it right now. And eventually, I think my goal would be to to put out an EP or a full album. Um, I don't have like a, you know, a deadline date or when that will be. I would love to do that this year. That would be awesome. But you know, I I got some work to do.
2: (laughs) So as you have though, a a song a month. So do you have stuff already lined up for like March or and April of stuff that you want to do? Yeah, I
0: have, I have a couple, I have a couple more songs that I really love that. um, Yeah. It might, it might be March or something like that, but I mean, I don't want to say that like publicly yet because it's not, it's not like solidified. But um, but there's more stuff coming, yeah.
2: But so for you, it's like you really are enjoying this sort of freedom of just like, okay, if your song feels right, you can put it out whenever. And I mean, I'm sure that's also a nice thing because that's also another thing that's changed in music in the seven years is like, there's so much less, there's so much more artistic freedom.
0: Yes, definitely. There's a lot of artistic freedom. And um, yeah, it's been cool. It's been cool to do it this way. You know, I am independent right now and it's been cool to be creatively in control and to be driving the bus. It's, it's, uh, it's been exciting.
2: Was there one song, by the way, that you wrote early on that sort of, or one song you started working on early on that sort of jump started this next wave of songs? And I mean, was there sort of a turning point moment where you decided you were ready to come back to music?
0: I don't know if there was like a a turning point moment where I was like, I'm ready to come back to music. I mean, I, I've been sort of writing these songs like over the years now, over the past, like, don't even know I have a song that I that I want to put out that I think I wrote maybe four years ago now or maybe even a little more I'm not even sure um something like that but um it's just been like you know sort of sporadically over the years and um and more recently I've just been been in the studio more and um I don't know I don't know if there was a I don't know if there was a specific turning point, but I knew that when I had like treat myself and then like stay sort of came shortly after that. And um, a couple other songs after that. And I was like, okay, well I feel like I'm kind of like in a, like a little bit of a groove here. I'm liking, I'm liking the direction this is going. So Um, I don't know, maybe treat myself sort of kicked that off.
2: And how long ago was that one written?
0: Treat myself was written. I want to say like a year ago. Yeah.
2: Okay. So pretty much at the beginning of the pandemic.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. Hold on. I'm, I'm terrible with, with timelines. Um, It's all right. I actually was
2: doing an er interview earlier today and I called it December. I'm like, I really have no idea what the fuck month we're in. I was, was, it was with Neil Patrick Harris and he just died laughing.
0: (laughs) It's so true. I don't, I don't know what day it is. I don't even know what today is. It's, I think it's Thursday. It's Thursday,
2: Thursday, February eleventh. Yeah, February eleventh. Right, but right. I think I think we're all given a pass in pandemic for like okay, you know.
0: Yeah, it's been crazy. It, it might have been I treat myself. Yeah, it was a little pre-pandemic, uh some time around there, a year and a half ago maybe.
2: Cool. So, what else do you want to add? What what I feel like we touched upon a lot of stuff. I mean, is there you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. So you want to
2: write with Sarah Burrells? You want to write with Ryan Tatter? I mean, who would you know? <laughs> yeah i feel like we covered a lot of stuff i mean you know yeah. i think the big thing is again you know and it's again i find this of so many artists you know it's nice that you're enjoying music more now and i think that's a very common thing is you have more freedom and you know do you also just feel like in, and i guess i would ask too it's like you know because we talked about the fact that you know you're 28 now are you going to be 28 in eight days so by yeah. the way any fun birthday plans what do you do birthday pandemic
0: I don't know. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I haven't even thought about it. I mean, now we can go out to restaurants and eat. So I'll probably go to like this restaurant in the Valley. I really like have a pineapple margarita with some friends and family <laughs> and, you know, come back to the house, play some games and call it a night. I don't, I don't really know. I haven't really thought about it too much.
2: But the reason I ask about the, the, you know, age thing is I think for everyone, as you get older too, you just get more comfortable and you get more confident and you, you start to worry less about what other people think. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like that's definitely been the case for you? And is that also making you enjoy music more? And has it made it more comfortable to release music that as you get older, you, I, and again, I, this is across the board I found from people, you just worry less about what other people think.
0: I mean, yeah, I think there's a little bit of that. I think, um, I think at this point I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm I'm doing it for me and I'm doing things that make me happy and being true to myself. So I guess, yeah, there is an element of like, I don't really care so much about what other people think. This is, this music's for me and for my fans and the people that do care and, um, you know, for the people that don't care, like that's totally cool. Like do your thing. (laughs) Like, um, yeah, I mean, I, am I'm excited about this, this, this phase in my life. I'm excited. I feel like I still have a lot of growing to do and a lot of, um, exploring to do musically. And that's, uh, very exciting to me. You know, it's exciting to just be putting music out there again. It's music is such like a passion of mine and just like a, a part of my soul and something that makes me so happy. And so, um, I just can't imagine a world where I would just ever stop doing that or, or yeah. So I'm just, uh, just having fun, just having fun getting out there. Sharing nice. It.
2: When you look at a song like stay and sort of that vulnerability and putting that, are there artists that you look to or songs that you go back to for that ability to just open themselves up or to sort of become an inspiration for, you know, because again, I think that's the key. And like you mentioned the storytelling, but so much of the key of connecting with art of audiences is mm-hmm. authenticity, putting yes. yourself out there, you know? So, so yeah. for you, is there like a template song or song that you go back to, or an artist, or an album that you go back to as just like I don't know. I was talking about it with James Bay, the song that just makes you cry every time.
0: Mm. Oh gosh, I mean the song that makes me cry every time would would definitely be uh, "She Used to Be Mine" by Sarah Bareilles. I prob- there should be a drinking game for the amount of time I've said Sarah Bareilles in this interview. <laughs> um, but I mean that really is like uh, those lyrics freaking cut me to the core. I mean, there are times where I uh, will be singing that song, you know, for fun. And it's like, I can't get through it because I just start crying. Um, it's just so beautiful. I mean, that that's one of the most important things to me about about uh, songwriting and artists that I love. The, the through line I feel like with artists that I love is that they are authentic and they are vulnerable. And that's it's like such a hard and like scary thing to do sometimes. And, but it's also the thing that like, I am, I gravitate towards the most and that I love about people the most. So that's why I love people like Julia Michaels so much and Sasha Sloan so much, because it's like, you know, you listen to their words and it feels so personal and it's, and it's just so real. And they're such great storytellers. And I just love songs that make you feel things. And that's why I also love, country music you know i'm not like a country artist but i would love to one day go to nashville and maybe just like get away from everything for a couple months and just like write in nashville and like make a freaking awesome ep or so, Yeah, i don't know but like i just feel like i really want to explore that part of myself uh more yeah
2: all right so so on a, wrapping up on a fun note if yeah. there were to be a drinking game with what what would be your drink what, what would you go to? Is it the pineapple margarita or what do you go to for your, you know?
0: Um, yeah, it would probably be a pineapple margarita. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Even though instead you do mention a bottle of wine. So is it oh, a red or a white I bottle? Do, of
0: wine? I do love wine too. Um, actually, you know, but I feel like, I feel like having a pineapple margarita with Sarah Bareilles would be really fun. And I feel like she would like love it and they're delicious. And, uh, I think we'd have a good time. <laughs>
2: Well, so it's funny because now I'm thinking, as I mentioned, the fact there's a bottle of wine in stay. Though I'm thinking of Billy Joel scenes from an Italian restaurant, and oh, he mentions oh a bottle of red God. and I a bottle that. of white. So in stay, are you drinking a bottle of red or a bottle of white?
0: A bottle of red, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> cool. Well, my dog needs to go for a walk. He keeps like eyeing me and giving me a dirty look. He's like, uh, "Dude, so you're
0: going for a walk? What kind of dog?" I know.
2: I have a pit lab senior rescue. He's awesome. How old is he? Don't know When I rescued him They said seven or eight So eight or nine now
0: Oh, cute Well, have a good walk Thanks so much yep. Steve. It was great talking to you
2: Yeah, this was fun It was a lot of fun What kind of dog do you have, by the way?
0: I have two dogs They're Schanzers They're half for um, frise and Schnauzer And they're 12 And they're so cute Okay
2: Nice Cool yeah. Well, enjoy your night with them Great catching up with you And congratulations on everything I look forward to the next song
0: Thank you so much Thanks, Steve Have a good one, thanks
2: Bye Hey, this is Steve Balton, and you are here on My Turning Point with Victoria Justice. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: I need to treat myself better. I really can't be so unkind. I know that I deserve better. If only you could hear what goes on in my mind. I wouldn't say the things I do to anybody else. So why is it?
2: As someone living with lung cancer, speaking up and being proactive during this cancer journey is absolutely critical.
1: Self-advocating can play a big role when dealing with lung cancer, but it doesn't need to be daunting. Try preparing questions you want to ask your doctor at your next appointment, confirming when you are unsure or have concerns, and asking about biomarker testing, which may help your doctor select an appropriate treatment. I hope anyone who's diagnosed
2: with lung cancer, whatever the stage, is willing to speak up, ask questions...
1: Assemble a support team and fight. Visit bit.ly/SoundUp for lung cancer. For links to resources and to learn about SoundUp, a patient-inspired community-led campaign supported by Novartis to empower people affected by lung cancer. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.